Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that truly is a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Julie Webb. Have you downloaded the free lesson from episode one yet? Log on to Litcentric.com and hit the shop tab. And if you scroll down, you'll see the links to every single episode that we featured here in season one on Litcentric Radio. There's two links for each episode. One is for the mentor text. It'll take you to Amazon and a purchase there. Uh, helps out the show just a little bit. And the other link is to get the lesson from my online store. And episode one's lesson is free. So I hope that you'll take a look at that and share it with your friends. I'm excited today to share another rating and review that we got on Apple Podcasts. This review comes from L Bald NBCT. Now, if you don't know what an NBCT is, it's a National Board Certified Teacher. I'm a National Board Certified Teacher, and L. Bald is also a National Board Certified Teacher. You've probably heard of Board Certified Doctors before, but maybe you didn't know that teachers can be Board Certified too. And less than 3% of the um, American teaching population is certified. So it really is kind of the best of the best represented there. If you're interested in getting certified, you should check out the National Board for Professional Teaching Standards and take a look. So L. Bald NBCT gave us a five-star rating and her review says, Litcentric, fabulous resource for teachers who teach reading and writing. This is linked to an anchor text. Do get the books. So thank you, L. Bald NBCT. Yes, please do get the books. It helps out the show and your kids are going to love these texts. Mine always did. My daughter does, obviously. And I do. These are texts that I find very compelling, and I'm happy to read them year after year. And that, to me, is a good litmus test for, you know, a really good mentor text to use. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at making predictions in a really unique way that I'm betting you have never tried before. Okay, so I think you're going to be really interested in this. We're going to be using the text, Harry the Dirty Dog. There's so many reasons why I love Harry the Dirty Dog. It's been around a long time, and everybody seems to love Harry. He's a very endearing character. It's This book's been around over 50 years, um, and the family in it is definitely, you know, the nuclear family of, you know, the mother, the father, the son, and the daughter, you know, all white, you know, lily white family. Um, but the focus is really on the dog. And so it may not be the most currently culturally re- relevant text, However, it really is a timeless text because, again, the focus is not on the cultural aspects of the humans. It's really about this really small adventure that Harry has. So if you even changed who the family was or a little bit of the context and update it that way, it would still be a wonderful story. What I like to use this book for is to help students practice inferring from the illustrations in a kind of in a method that I call pre-tell then retell. So it's an exercise I have students do to uh, make some predictions and reevaluate those predictions when they get new information and then predict again and, and use that eventually to help us retell the story. So I mentioned earlier that we're going to be making predictions in a really unique way. So stay tuned to find out what I mean um, and what pre-tell retell is all about. If you want to try out this mentor text in your classroom tomorrow, I've got you covered. Log on to Litcentric.com and click the shop tab. I've got links to all the mentor texts and lesson ideas I feature on Litcentric Radio. 
You'll find downloadable text-dependent questions for your read-aloud lessons, writing tasks that reinforce deep comprehension, and videos that show the bridge charts that bring it all together. Check it out at letcentric.com in the shop tab. All right, let's get into today's text with my favorite reader, my daughter, Natalie. Harry the Dirty Dog. Very good. Harry the Dirty Dog. This book's been around a long time. Let's check the copyright. Let's see, it says 1956. That was before you or I were born. All right, here we go. Harry was a white dog with black spots who liked everything except getting a bath. So one day when he heard the water running in the tub, he took the scrubbing brush and buried it in the backyard. Was he supposed to do that? Oh my goodness, no. Harry the Dirty Dog really is a timeless classic. It actually would be really fun if maybe an author and illustrator team decided to update this book a little bit, or maybe, you know, put Harry in a, in a really different context. I think that'd still be a really fun story to read. Our bridge chart for today is a really unique one. We actually are not including any text on this chart, which is pretty much unheard of for me <laughs> with bridge charts. Because remember the idea of a bridge chart is it's a really specialized anchor chart that is highly interactive. So even though the teacher has a plan for the chart and has specific kind of learning targets around this chart, the outcome will always look slightly different because the interaction between the teacher and students is really critical in the formulation of the chart. And it's called a bridge chart because what we're trying to do is bridge uh, the reading experience into a really fully executed writing experience. And that bridge chart in between those two functions is plays a really critical role. For this exercise that I call pre-tell-retell, we're going to actually put students in groups of maybe two or three kids. I really don't like more than three for this exercise uh, just because they have to do a lot of talking and negotiating with one another. And if you add a fourth or fifth kid in there, it's just kind of too many students and not enough um, kind of listening to different voices in the group. Um, two students works well also, especially if, you know, you divide into groups of three and you have one or two groups of two students. That actually works out just fine. And what you're going to need to create this chart are some images from the text. And I just actually take the text and just photocopy um, the images that I want because um, they photocopy really well from this text because there's so much black and white kind of sketches or charcoal drawings in it. So it's actually really easy to reproduce them. You could also scan them, that works fine. But the images that I like to use are from pages one, two, nine, 22, 26, and 28. And remember, when I number uh, the pages in my books, I open up the mentor text because often, you know, they don't have page numbers. And I find the text or I find the first page on which the text appears to start reading the book. And that's what I call page number one. So from there, you know, then I can number the rest of the pages and figure out which images I need. Now, if you log on to Letcentric.com and go to the shop tab, you can actually find the um, episode 11, Harry the Dirty Dog. And if you choose to purchase that lesson, um, I'll actually show you the video and the exact images that I use 
um, with an explanation of each image, the page number, so it's really clear which ones you're supposed to be using. And I also give you the text-dependent questions that I use, and I provide you with the writing task that that reading experience and bridge chart experience is leading to to give a powerful writing experience for students. So we've got students in about groups of three. Each group of three gets a set of the images. So like I said, I just photocopy them, you know, fit maybe two, three, or four, you know, on a page. They don't need to be much bigger than like, you know, four by six cards or three by five cards, that kind of size. Um, they can be just copied on paper. They can be copied on cardstock, colored, white. It doesn't really matter, just as long as the kids can see the pictures clearly. Now, each group has a set of those, and I also have the same set. And I'm going to be using those to build the um, interactive bridge chart that I make with students as we go on through the story. So this bridge chart is also unique because many of our bridge charts we build after we read the story. Once in a while, we build some beforehand and then afterwards. This one actually gets built throughout the interactive reading experience, which makes it an interesting one and a very engaging one that kids really can't help but kind of get involved with. Before I read with students, they are given a task and the group of three has to have some good discussion around the images, the pile of images that they have. They have six images and their job is to lay these images out either on the floor in front of them or on the table in front of them and put them in the order in which they believe they will appear in the book. Now, most of my students have never read Harry the Dirty Dog before, and so they really are just kind of flying blind, you know, with that situation, and that's fine because they're using those pictures, they're making inferences, and they're using what they know about how narrative texts work in order to craft or in order to sequence the events here. And that's a really important distinction. It's not just about understanding the pictures. You can understand pictures, but not understand the relationship between the pictures and maybe not understand that narratives always have some type of problem situation that happens and that the character's actions are going to, you know, propel the plot forward or stall the plot and that kind of thing. Those are things that kids, we want kids to almost have this innate understanding of and to be able to use that in different situations. And so this is that pre-tell situation where they're making predictions, they're in, using their inferencing skills, they're using, they're bringing all their knowledge that they have about narrative texts, and uh, they're also having an academic conversation that is going to lead to a specific outcome. So they lay their pictures out in order. They have to do all one through six, and we lay them out top to bottom. This activity can take a, a good long while. They really have to talk with their partners and you'll see students um, you know, putting forth new ideas. You'll see kids clarifying ideas, fortifying their ideas with additional information, you know, justifying their thinking around something. You'll see them negotiating with one another, moving cards in and out until they finally settle on what they think represents the actual story of Harry the Dirty Dog. And the best part about this exercise is that every group, pretty much, I think maybe only once I had two groups that were the same, but pretty much everyone puts the pictures in a different sequence. Even students who have read this book before with someone, um, even adults, when I've done this with teachers in some of my writing workshops and reading workshops, even teacher groups, teachers who have been read the story for years, they will forget which order these pictures go in. 
And that's kind of part of the uh, magic of this pre-tell retell. And that's the reason why I only use six images from the text. If I used almost every image, someone familiar with the book would have a much easier time recalling it. So by eliminating some of these, I'm forcing them to make some tougher decisions. Um, and I've chosen these strategically because it's not really clear which ones come in which order. There are different ways that you could actually try to pre-tell this text. So it's a very challenging activity for every kind of age level. Once students have all sorted uh, their images and I do not assist them, I may have to come around and, you know, prompt a group to discuss more or help kind of, you know, help them reach an agreement, but it's more the dynamics of the group. I'm not assisting them with the story. Once we've done that, then we will start to read. The other thing that I do in this lesson for myself is I mentioned the page numbers from which I take those images. I also have little, you know, those little um, kind of sticky note tabs that you can put in a book to keep your place. I have one of those on every single uh, page that I need to stop and allow students to resort. Because, uh, for example, on page number one, that's the very first image that appears in the book. And it's one of the images that the students have. So I have a little tab on my read aloud book, knowing that once I read that page, I need to stop there and have students take a look at where they put that image in their sequence. Because for many of them, that will not be the first picture. So when I read the story, we stop and allow them to resort their pictures each time. Now, that's where the retell part comes in. So we've done a pre-tell. We're trying to tell the story, you know, ahead of the story, right? And as we're reading the story, as I mentioned, this is a really highly interactive bridge chart experience. As we're reading, we stop at each of those predetermined pages with those images and allow students to renegotiate, engage in a new discussion, and resort those pictures. Because throughout the read aloud experience, I'm revealing slowly the sequence of those pictures. Okay, So we pause at each of those moments and you have to be prepared for students to give uh, to give students plenty of time to have those again those discussions, those conversations, have those negotiations, and resort their cards. The first time they sort takes the longest. The first picture, the first time we stop and pause and resort, that takes a long time too. But after that, with each subsequent you know pause and and kind of reshuffling, it takes less time because they don't have to handle as many cards. So, you know, the first time we pause, now everyone knows which image is supposed to be first. So that only leaves five cards to sort. And the next page, actually on page two, is the next image. So I, when we pause there, now they only have four cards left to sort. So you can see it's a kind of process of elimination experience. And each time it gets a little bit easier to try to be more accurate with the story. At the end of the read aloud, every single group, of course, has the correct sequence of pictures because it's been revealed in the read aloud. Now, what I didn't mention earlier was that as we pause and sort our cards, remember, I also have a copy of the same cards that students have of the images in the book. And so as we pause 
And while they're resorting, I go ahead and take that image that we just revealed and attach it to our chart. And so by the end, their sequence of images will match my sequence of images up there. Um, because later on, we're going to be using that bridge chart and those sequence of images to do our writing tasks. So I need to have, you know, a kind of a glued down or taped down version by the end. And uh, we don't have to keep every set of cards that way. This exercise is a really interesting one. Like I said, I bet you have not done kind of a predicting inferring activity like this before. I think it's fascinating. I love doing lessons like this with students and adults alike. I think it's very revealing um, about what literacy kind of experiences and knowledge that they're bringing to tasks like this. And I also think it's fascinating to listen to the academic conversations that students are having with one another. And that's actually mostly what I'm paying attention to in this lesson. I want to see, um, you know, can students, you know, really justify their thinking? Can they put forth a new idea and provide some evidence behind it to convince the rest of their group? Can they admit when they were wrong about something and actually be okay with it and realize that, oh, gosh, we had the pictures in the wrong order? What do we now know that we need to, you know, reevaluate these images? These are really critical kind of thinking skills, you know, and, and, and experiences that we want our students to have. And they're not just literacy ones, right? These are skills that our students are going to need throughout their lives. So I'm paying attention to those types of conversations. I'm also paying attention to uh, the language use of students because most of my students are English learners and they don't necessarily have the same level of oral language skills that maybe a native speaker would who, you know, comes from maybe a really high socioeconomic background with parents, you know, who have college educations and have, you know, read, had books read to them their whole life. That's a very different um, level of oral language than some of my students. And so I want to see not only what skills do they have, but what next moves can I teach them in order to improve their discussion skills and I'm listening for the content and the kind of story narrative language that they might be using to engage in this activity. And that can help me um, know maybe what some of my mini lessons should be in the future to reinforce or push, you know, some new ideas um, in the right direction. I love Harry the Dirty Dog and I love this activity. And of course, it can be used with so many other great stories. Any narrative text that has a really clear sequence of events would make a great candidate for a story like this or for an activity like this. I hope you'll try it out. Season one of Eccentric Radio is coming to a close. Not for good. We're just going to take a pause for our summer break. We'll conclude season one with 12 episodes. So right now we've got episode 11. We've got one more episode for the school year. If you have a mentor text that you would like to be featured on Litcentric Radio, I would love if you would share that with me. You can email me at julieweb at litcentric.com and put, the, put mentor text, the words mentor text, in the subject line. And then in the email, you can share with me which text that you think would be really great. I can't wait to hear some of your ideas. As always, visit litcentric.com. And take a look at the Listen tab. Take a look at the Shop tab for resources for Litcentric Radio. There's also some other great resources on there. My goal for Litcentric Radio and Litcentric.com is to support teachers so they can do their very best teaching in our classrooms. I'm interested in helping teachers to become the best teachers they can be. 
That's what Litcentric's all about. I would love to hear from you on social media. You can find me everywhere at Litcentric. We will see you next time. Have a great day at school. It would really help out the show if you could leave a great review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews are one of the best ways for other educators to find the show. And share this episode with a teacher friend who you know could take the ideas and run with them. Or share this episode with a bunch of teacher buddies on social media. Every little bit helps the show, which means we can help support more educators, which is the whole point, right?